Yo, 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 it's May 21st, 2006, number 13, episode number 13 of The Infested Sound. Jeff and Phil coming up next. You're listening to The Infested Sound. episode lucky number 13 lucky number 13 and this is going to be a great episode we've got a lot to talk about today we're going to review uh two movies that came out this year one that just came out on video another we just went and seen in the theater yay those movies being see no evil which came out in theaters friday we just saw it 10 15 minutes ago we just got back we did the uh before noon four dollar movies at uh, amc which is a great deal we can afford but we'll get into that a little later. And we've also got uh, a little movie called When a Stranger, when a Stranger Calls. Calls. When a Stranger Calls that we're going to talk about, too. Two movies that came out this year. And uh, we've got two very opposite opinions on the movies. <laughs> yes, so uh, it should be an exciting show as usual. But we're going to start the show off, as we always do, with our special sponsor of the week. That's right, Jeff. And uh, this week, it's uh, something... People may actually have heard of before, but uh, we're not getting all rich and expensive on you. We did steal it. <laughs> yes, we did. We Jose, did steal this. Jose Cuervo Margarita. Ooh. More than a woman's name, Jeff. More than a woman's name. Would you like Would you like me to uh, educate you on, on uh, Cuervo's margaritas? Please do. Would you tell me about Jose Cuervo Margarita and tequila? As I said before, it's more than a woman's name. <clears throat> The Margarita Cocktail was created in 1938 in honor of a beautiful Mexican showgirl named Rita De La Rosa. Sounds sexy. A bartender, inspired by her electrifying performance, improvised a cocktail to capture her heart with Cuervo and the flavor of Mexican limones? Limones? I don't know how to say that. Limones? I'm not a Spaniard. Anyway, ever since then, the Cuervo Margarita continues to capture the hearts of so many around the world, including... Jeff and I's hearts. The infested sound. Our hearts have been touched by Jose Cuervo, which is the uh, distant cousin of Ron Diaz. Yeah, I hear Ron Diaz had his share of uh, Mexican showgirls. That's what I hear, too. I think he poked a few of them in the brown eye. Uh, That's what I hear. And you all out there might be laughing right now at the fact that we're drinking uh, margaritas, classic lime margaritas, but... The fact is, we have no money this week. And, and that's what Jeff's mom had in her liquor cabinet. It is. My mom decided that uh, she was going to start drinking at a young age and drink when she was pregnant with me. And hence, today, <laughs> you, you I'm You can all see the I side am. effects. <laughs> that's correct. Much like I told Phil before, there are side effects to uh, drinking, including birth defects. And it even says that here on the uh, bottle. Okay. You, uh, you ready to get this thing going, then? Or are you going to read the birth defects list? No. <laughs> Actually, this bottle says, Consumption of alcohol beverages impairs your ability to create podcasts or operate computers. <laughs> so, <laughs> this could be a, a real bad show today, but I think that really means a good show. It, that's usually a good, good recipe for a good show. A drunken show is usually a good show. But before we get into the movies, we got some news to talk about. We have uh, discussed... And 
done some serious research into the video podcast area of internet technology. And Phil and I have decided we're going to start releasing a video cast, maybe once, maybe twice a week. And on this video cast, we're going to take some classic movies, some classic horror movies, and we're going to break them down. And Phil and I are going to talk about them. We're going to show you clips of the movies. And we hope you guys will like it. We hope to get some feedback from you guys. And let us know if uh, the Infested Sound Classics will be uh, on your list of top things to listen to or things that you'd like to wipe your ass with. <laughs> Probably the latter of the two. But uh, anyway, we're going, we might even insert some of our own dialogue into these movies. Uh, give them that little Infested Sound edge. It should be pretty interesting. So we hope you guys will keep your eyes open for that. We are planning to release one this coming week, this coming Wednesday or Thursday. So keep an eye open for it. Hopefully it'll work out and uh, we can we can uh, convert our regular audio podcast over to video podcast and we can uh, cut this piece of crap show off the air. Yeah, hopefully it's better than this piece of shit show that we do because uh, there's pretty much nowhere to go but up from here. <laughs> That's true. We have not set the level very high. Yep. Yep. Anyway, so, so, let's uh, let's go. Let's go ahead and get into our reviews. Review. Let's start with the piece of crap that Phil let me borrow and made me watch called <laughs> "When a Stranger Calls." I'm gonna let Phil talk about it first. Uh, when a Stranger Calls. It was released in 2006. Um, I think we need to go out of our way to make sure we see all of the horror movies this year, including this movie. We've already watched Slither. There's pretty much nowhere to go but up from there. So I rented it. I watched it. I made Jeff watch it too, so we could talk about it on the show. Uh, pretty much uh, sucks ass. Yep. And uh, when Phil says it sucks ass, it means that whoever made this movie is a piece of dog shit. And we're we're looking to hire someone right now to possibly break their kneecaps and just inflict some pain on them for releasing this piece of shit to the airwaves. Now I have not seen the original. Uh, the original was made back in the 80s, maybe? Early 80s? Who cares? Late 70s. Supposedly pretty good, which means it must be absolutely nothing like this one. <laughs> but uh, basically what this movie is, is uh, kind of steals the theme from Scream, and then you pretty much get it all movie long. I'm going to give you three the... things that this movie consists of. Okay. Phone calls. Yes. Phone Many. calls. Yes. And a hot chick. That does not get naked. <laughs> that does not get naked. This movie's that, only PG-13, so you wouldn't expect that. But. Yep, and that summarizes the entire movie. Well, I'm going to go over it a little bit at least. Go for it, Phil. Okay. Uh, this girl goes to babysit these kids in this house that's like a fortress, pretty much, except for it's made of glass. And uh, she, basically, it's an hour and 20 minutes long. Uh, for about an hour and five minutes, she gets prank phone calls. Then a killer comes into the movie for like the last ten minutes. People call and go, <laughs> we're at the bonfire, where are you at? <laughs> and uh, it's pretty awful. Nothing really happens in this movie, but it's I, I do have to say that it's better than Slither, and it's better than An American Haunting, because this movie never had potential where American Haunting had plenty and ruined it with the shitty-ass ending. Phil, you're killing me. That's the worst statement I've ever heard in my life. How can you say that this movie is worse than Slither or American Haunting, which are not good movies, but at least they have gore in them, they have titties in them, 
and they have at least some kind of aspect of horror in them. Because this movie, it wasn't it wasn't like downright horrible. It just was very slow moving. Yes, uh, it, it didn't have an ending nearly as awful as an American Hauntings. Like I said, it never had potential. So when it was terrible, I wasn't surprised. But the ending in this movie was a little bit predictable. The girl wakes totally up in the hospital, walks out in the hospital. Nobody's to be seen in a hospital. Nobody at all. No nurses, nothing. And guess what? The phone rings. Another phone call. And then ah! she wakes up. It was a dream. Surprise, surprise. I guess the director just didn't get enough phone calls into the first hour of the, of the movie. He had to add him. An extra one at the end. Ridiculously terrible movie. And the movie did have potential at times, but they had to give it the PG-13 rating. Yeah. They had to draw in the 13-year-old cheerleading squad on a field trip so they could come see this movie. And scenes like the one where the uh, detective is investigating a murder scene, he walks into a room where obviously a family's been killed or multiple people have been killed, and all it shows is the expression on his face. You don't see bodies. You don't see anything. Yeah, so uh, wait for this movie on HBO or Cinemax or whatever. Don't go rent it. But uh, yeah, How about I'm, you I'm just standing. Wait for it on TBS. I'm, I'm sticking to my guns, and uh, I'm saying that an American Haunting and Slither are worse than this movie. But this movie is absolutely nothing special. Not at all. But it's <laughs> there is no way you can say it's better than those two movies. Well, those I'll tell you this, Jeff. I'll never watch Slither again. I'll never watch an American Haunting again, and there's a 1% chance that I would watch this again. If I had to watch one of the three again, it would be When a Stranger Calls, because it's the shortest one of the three. <laughs> All right, Phil, uh, I guess you're I have nothing suck, to say to that. If you're going to suck, make sure you suck in 80 minutes as opposed to 120. It boggles my mind that, did you, not, that you did not find the first two movies, American Haunting and... Slither? Slither. More entertaining than this piece of shit that you made me watch. That's incredible. Oh, sorry to disappoint, Jeff, but those are the facts. No, I think the facts are that uh, When a Stranger Calls is a terrible movie that casted a very attractive girl in the hopes fact is, to bring in fuck an off, audience. Jeff. That's the fact. <laughs> Phil, there's no reason to get violent here. We both work at Arby's. <laughs> All right, well, that, that's a review of uh, When a Stranger Calls. It sucks, but uh, so Jeff, least... Jeff hated it a little more than me. Would you say it's the worst horror movie of 2006 so far? Hmm. Because if, if you think that Slither and American Haunting are both better, then you have to think it's the worst. I would say When a Stranger Calls, Slither, and American Haunting are at the bottom three right oh, now. Oh, without a doubt. Easily. Those are the only three that I didn't like that I've seen this year. Yep, and as we'll get into in a minute. It's been a great year for movies, as we'll uh, probably discuss later on. Yeah, it's it's it just it just got a little better too, folks. Let's get off of this piece of crap movie and let's move on to the movie we just saw just hours ago. We saw the eleven twenty showing of See No Evil this morning, which came out on Friday. Um, I don't think it fared very well against the Da Vinci Code this weekend, <laughs> but it probably should have. It should, really should have. And this movie stars Kane and a bunch of no-name actors we've never seen before. Just a bunch people of for kids. him to kill. Just, just victims, you could say. But Phil and I sat down to this movie. We had our popcorn. We had our drink. I had and gummy stars. <laughs> Phil bought Three for gummy five. stars. What a Chester. <laughs> and I had Welch's fruit snacks, which is also homosexual. That is very guy on guy. <laughs> and we sat down and we're watch getting ready to watch this movie. 
here come the previews. The previews are rolling. Bam, we've seen this preview. Crap, gangsta thug life movie. Here comes another Tyrese. preview. Crap, gangsta thug life movie. Fast and the Furious 12. <laughs> it's then, all crap. And then, the last preview, we actually, we seen the Lionsgate sign come up before it showed the preview. I'm like, well, so we a good start. Lionsgate makes us go, Bow. So, uh, let's see a previews for a movie called The Descent. Uh, didn't see a rating on it. I'm really hoping that it's R. It's Lionsgate, so there's a good chance so it'll be R. It looks like a great movie. The previews show that this group of girls goes and decides to climb in a cave. Hot-ass girls, too. They're going uh, spelunking. Like Jeff is an ass spelunker. <laughs> Correct. And they get down in this cave, and crazy shit starts happening. And this has nothing to do with, like... The movie Cave, which has, what is it, Phil? There's like these alien demon bat things in there. What's the deal with that movie? Yeah, they're kind of like Pitch Black or Starship Troopers. They're kind of like those things, except for it's underground in a cave. And this looks a lot creepier. It looks like they might be actual demons or monsters or something. Yeah, they look like maybe people that are living in the cave or... The Cave was a decent movie. It was rated PG-13, so I'm really hoping this one looks a lot creepier. I'm really hoping it'll get that R rating. But uh, as long as it gets that R rating, and probably even if it gets PG-13, we might check it out anyway. Definitely. So make sure you keep uh, your radar on that movie, The Descent, which, what was the scheduled opening date on it? I have no idea. I hadn't heard of the movie until today. I think it just said coming soon on the previews. So So probably June or July. Hopefully. So make sure you keep your ears open for The Descent. It looks like a good movie. Then, then the real treat began of the day. Oh, what a wonderful movie. See No Evil. The movie starts... What happens, Phil? Well, in the opening scene, I don't remember, Jeff. <laughs> These two cops are... <laughs> marijuana affects the memory, people. <laughs> These two cops are... Get a call to go into this house because there's, they hear screaming and there's this loud music playing, some creepy kid's music. And these cops go in there and they come across a lady whose eyes have been ripped out. She's alive still. She's alive still and she's screaming... And the cops freak out, and one of them walks to the next room to look for her. <laughs> and he something. gets an axe in his face for his time. Axe in the face, which is great. It was a good opening scene. And then the other ca- the other cop, who uh, is actually one of the main characters later on in the movie, gets half of his arm hacked off with the axe, and then he shoots, gets his arm hacked off. Shoots the the big figure in the head. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts forward to four years later. And it's so far, the opening movie tells you that this is going to be a great movie. Special effects are going to be good because it shows his arm chopped off. Blood shooting out of it. Yeah, you got the blood squirting. And the flashlight, it's pretty cool how they worked it, but the flashlight is strategically placed facing the girl whose eyes have been ripped out. And it goes close up on the girl whose eyes are ripped out, and then it goes into her eye. The camera does. Goes into her eye that's been ripped out it's through her graphic. eye socket, and it's incredible. And after I saw that, I really perked up. And yeah, I said, we just looked at each great. other, and I said to Jeff, "That's a good opening scene, real good opening scene." So then the movie starts to come together a little bit. You start to meet your characters. They're all a bunch of delinquents. They're going to this old hotel to try to fix it up to shave some time off of their prison sentence or whatever. Which is kind of ridiculous. I mean, you do three days of work, and they get a month off of their prison sitting. Yeah. That's a pretty sweet deal, but, but ironically, it ends up costing them more than they thought. Yeah, ironically, all of the girls, juvenile girls that are on this trip, are extremely hot, which I don't think is real life. I'm yeah. assuming most girls in juvenile are not attractive. So you think you're going to get some nudity going on? You really don't in this movie. You see a nice ass, plenty of nice asses, 
and we don't want to give away too much of the plot, but these kids get into this hotel. They're supposed to be cleaning it up to knock off some of the time off of their juvenile prison sentence, and they're with this cop who, at the beginning of the movie, gets his arm chopped off, and he's got a fake arm now. And he meets back up with the guy that cut his arm off, basically. Yep, and they're going through this hotel. It's kind of funny. They're supposed to be cleaning this hotel up, and all they're doing is like walking around, <laughs> slapping dust off the walls. They're not really accomplishing anything at all. One character's actually beating the shit out of it with a crowbar or something. <laughs> Which is kind of amusing, but then, uh, guess what? Kane pops out, and yada, 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 yada. I gotta say, um, we're not, we're not gonna do a good, bad, and the ugly on this movie, but, uh, we'll There's kinda too go many over goods. it a little bit, but my, my favorite thing about the movie is Kane's performance. I don't think they could have picked a better person to play that role. Incredible. And... You, when you see the WWE tag on a movie that they helped produce this movie and direct it, you kind of say, uh, eh, wrestling. What, what kind of crowd? Eh. What kind of crowd is this movie for? But but they did an incredible job. I don't know what hand they had in another than Kane, but pretty good. Lionsgate, Lionsgate's in the, on it. It's usually pretty good. And uh, Phil, what would you say were your favorite three things about this movie? Uh, like I just said, number one was Kane's performance. I thought it was excellent. Definitely. For a guy that, as far as I know, has never acted before other than wrestling. Incredible. And in this movie, he just plays... He he plays a part of a creepy, demented, psychopathic killer perfectly. Yeah. I mean, he's a huge guy, and the way he kills people... Yeah, he's got to be, he's, he's gotta be damn near seven feet tall. Yeah, it's a... He plays an incredible part. In he's got the creepy-looking teeth in. He's got the different colored eyes. It's a... Yeah, that was my favorite thing. Second thing was the gore. <laughs> if you've never seen a a, a well directed shot of an eye being removed from its socket, this is the movie for you. <laughs> to say the least, there's plenty of eyes being removed from sockets, and it's something I hope we're probably ruining it for you. But as far as the the eyes being removed thing, I had no idea about that going into the movie, and it was different. So just look for it. There's plenty of eyes getting ripped out of the sockets. But the movie keeps you interested. I think it was probably about an hour and a half long, maybe an hour 40 minutes, mm -hmm. something along those lines. And this but is probably the first movie in a while that I haven't actually wanted to look at the time and kind of said, uh, what time, how long, how much time's left on this movie? That's right. It keeps you interested it pretty really much does. all movie long. You, you never, it's sort of like the hills have eyes in the way that you don't really know who the main character is going to end up being, or who's going to live, or who's going to die. And, and what a great storyline. It is. Uh, the background on Kane's character, which it takes a little while to get into in the movie to actually explain why he's the way he is, but once it gets into that, it's actually pretty interesting. And they, sh they keep showing these grainy flashbacks to when Kane is a child and showing how he was raised and kind of gives you a background on why he's a psychopathic killer. And they show his line of vision, like as he's walking around, you can see how he sees things and he hears like voices talking to him all the time in his head and it's, it's, incredible. it's pretty creepy. Lionsgate has really done a great job with adapting these horror movies. They've taken over Artisan, as Phil and I were discussing earlier, and they've really just ran with it. They've done such a great job on these movies. And there's really nobody else even close to Lionsgate as far as horror movies go these Not days. Not at all. When it comes to horror movies these days, Lionsgate has really taken over the field. What an exciting movie. I just... I love Lionsgate. I left this movie excited, and Phil and I discussed it the whole way home, and it's the first movie we've seen in a while that we were really excited about. Probably the last movie we saw that we were real excited about was 
Silent Hill or probably more like uh, The Hills Have Eyes that we really love. Yeah, I mean, the last was the last two that we've seen, Slither and American Haunting? I believe so. Those are the last two. And then before that, no, Silent Hill was in between Slither and American Haunting. Uh, okay. American Haunting, Silent Hill, Slither, Hills Have Eyes. Okay, so uh, let's see. Uh, one thing that me and Jeff disagreed on is uh, where we would rank See No Evil in the horror movies of 2006. Yep, and it got kind of ugly. It got heated. There were some punches exchanged, some uh, testicles kicked, some uh, eyeballs removed from their sockets. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff got cane on me. Yeah, I did. But I told Phil that I've actually reworked my top three favorite movies of the year, and I decided that I wanted to take See No Evil and put it at number two. Behind? The Hills Have Eyes, See No Evil, and then it's a close tie between Hostel and Silent Hill. I disagree. Uh, I think that Hostel is much better than See No Evil. Uh, I think The Hills Have Eyes, Hostel, and then I'm having trouble with Silent Hill and See No Evil, but they're right there at three. But as you guys know, Phil and I have different personalities when it comes to horror movies. I'm more into the gore and the classic aspects of horror films. And I'm more into knowing what I'm talking about. <laughs> Phil's more into smoking chronic and laughing his ass off when he watches a movie. I've never done that in my life, and I never will. <laughs> Phil's an innocent man, I swear. So, uh, yeah, we both liked it a lot. Jeff liked it a little more than I did. He thought it was better than Hostel. I think that's fucking insane. But other than that, uh, great movie. Go see it in the theater. It's too bad, Phil. It's too bad we don't have another opinion on the movie. It is, because I'm positive that they would agree with me, oh, especially wait. when it comes to... Look who just walked in the back door. All right, now we've got somebody here. He's walking in. He knows what he's talking about when it comes to movies, and please, God, don't let this get political. Here he comes. I was He was on my back porch smoking a blunt, but now he's in here. He's going to talk about the movie. Thank you, Jeff. I just went and seen the movie See No Evil with uh, Jeff and Phil. This was a pretty good movie for a while. I mean, you got the kids and uh, they're they're in the jail in the jail for smoking the, the reefer, and uh, they they uh, they take them to this house, and then this big guy starts ripping their eyes out. And uh, I I think Jeff that that should be the punishment for kids that smoke the reefer in this country. I think that they should have their eyes torn out of their sockets, and then. Uh, thrown in a, a sloppy-ass hotel, and I think that, uh, that, that's about all I think about that, but, uh, then we get a little further into the movie, and, uh, they start poking fun at God, trying to imply that this guy's killing for God, that he's the hand of God, which he's not, George W. Bush is, George W. Bush is the hand of God, bitch, I'm out. Wow, please get out of here. Go finish smoking that roach you left out on the back porch and leave us alone for a while. I do have to congratulate Cletus, though. This was about the uh, least political review that he's done on any movie. But, of course, he did have to mention George W. Bush, as he always does. He is a big fan of uh, W. He really is. That is his uh, savior. So that really wasn't even a review. Uh I think he was just uh, pointing out the political aspects of the movie when there really were none. Yes, there really were none. But, uh, yeah, that was another installment of uh, Conservative Cletus. Hope you enjoyed that. Uh, Cletus made a 
come back and, of course, has a great comments for all of us. So uh, we'd like to hear your uh, emails or uh, phone calls. Let us know what you think of Cletus. Let, you, let us know if you think we should uh, completely kick him off of the infested sound because it's the worst, <laughs> worst one to two minutes you've ever heard in the history of podcasting. The infested sound at gmail.com. That's where you can send us an email and talk about how uh, offended you are at our terrible show. But we're going to finish up the show, and we got a special treat for you guys. We have a guest, uh, guest a, review. a guest horror movie review, yes, from uh, our buddy Mark at Tolerated Vandalism. Or T-Vandalism, as we like to call him. Good old TV. So go ahead. Uh, we'll close out the show here in a second, but if you, want to ch- if you like his review, you want to check out his website. It's T-Vandalism.com. Dot blogspot.com. He is the man. He is the man. He's a very intelligent guy. I've been uh, talking to him quite a bit, and we're going to start collaborating maybe, and he's going to help us out with the show and do a little bit of guest review work for us. So a quick recap of the show. Don't see when a stranger calls. Do see. See no evil. Hell yes. Definitely see that movie. And uh, pretty much tune in next week. Uh, I have no idea what we're going to be doing the show on, but uh, it could be our video cast. So uh, make sure and tune in and check it out. Could be, and our website's still up www.theinfestedsound at gmail. That's the fucking website, Phil. www.theinfestedsound.com. The website isn't really up, but it'll take you straight to our Libsyn hosted podcast page, and you can go download all the episodes and do whatever you want there. So. Definitely check that out. Make sure you give us emails. We need emails from you people. Don't forget about our Gizmo Project account. If you guys want to leave a voicemail, gizmoproject.com. Download the software and put in the infested sound, all lowercase, no spaces. And you can call us and uh, leave us a voicemail. If, and if you have yourself have a uh, conservative cousin from down south and he'd like to say a few things about our show, do the, uh, the voicemail thing. Definitely, we'd like to get a bunch of voicemails from you people that are just funny, stupid comments, or you guys can send us reviews of movies, and we'll put them on our podcast. Yeah, just do what you want. You Give us some audio. Evil. That's right. Give us some audio. If you guys have the ability to record something at home, record it for us and send it here. Just make sure it's in MP3 format or AFI format or something usable. And make sure you don't swear, because uh, we don't allow swearing at the infested sound. The infested sound does not believe in saying words like fuck, cock, ass, dick, brown eye, cunt, twat, pussy, pussy, or vagina, or Republican. (laughs) We have forbid those words from being used. Those are the 12 words you can't use on podcasting. (laughs) That's right. So uh, we hope you guys will check us out here in a few days. We're going to try and get this video cast out. It's pretty cool, guys. We've taken some old, the original footage from Nosferatu. We've cut it down, and we're going to talk in the background. We're going to give you know, Phil and I's impression of what the movie is saying. It is a silent film. So Phil and I are going to play the voices, probably, of these people that are in the film. But uh, it's pretty good. It's quality. You know, unlike our show here, this is going to be quality work. So make sure you download the video cast. And uh, also, I wanted to say we've been doing this show for over three months now. We just want to thank those of you that uh, continue listening each week. I don't know what your problem is. <laughs> haven't figured out your problem, but we'd like to go through and we'd like to thank Desmond Reddick. We'd like to thank Mark at Tolerated Vandalism at tvandalism.blogspot.com. We'd like to thank Amy. At uh, whatever the hell podcast she does. She does some podcast. Are Dave and Chad still alive? 
We haven't heard from Dave and Chad. I think uh, they were offended by our comments of the uh, Revolutionary War. (laughs) (laughs) That's understandable. That's understandable. We'd like to thank Doug at Monsters, uh, monstersagogo.com. We're sending emails. There's a lot of guys out there. Not really, but we got like five people that have emailed us. (laughs) Yeah, we're pretty popular. We're on our way to celebrity. But make sure you listen in here. This is Mark from Tolerated Vandalism. This is an excellent review. Make sure and stay tuned. Listen to that. Uh, that's kind of what we're going to end the show with. So uh, I'm done. You done, John? I'm done. You guys have a good weekend. Go drink some brewskis and smoke some cron. And we'll uh, see you guys here in a few more days. Take care. Stay alive. Go see See No Evil. See ya. A man was found murdered tonight behind the railroad yards. Details are pending, awaiting notification of next of kin. <laughs> Hey everybody, this is Mark from Tolerated Vandalism, better known as T-Van to the Infested Sound listeners. You can check out my website at tvandalism.blogspot.com or email me at tvandalism at gmail.com. I just wanted to say thanks to Jeff and Phil for the support they've given to the website. And I want to say hello to conservative Cletus. I know you're out there listening. Hopefully you won't take offense to anything I say tonight. What I was originally going to talk about was why I like horror movies and what appeals to me about the horror genre. But I've decided against that because I think it might be a boring discussion. So instead, I thought I'd talk about a little movie from 1985 called Fright Night. Fright Night. If you love being scared, this could be the night of your life. Now, Fright Night came along at a time when slasher movies were really dominating the horror genre. This is not a slasher movie. In fact, it's a vampire movie, and it's sort of a horror comedy, somewhat in the same light, same vein as An American Werewolf in London. I think it's a better movie than An American Werewolf in London for several reasons. I think the story's better, the acting's better, and I think the direction is better. Now, when the movie came out, Roger Ebert gave it three stars which is somewhat surprising because Ebert's well known for not really liking the horror genre. I think what he liked about the movie was that it was kind of lighthearted and it wasn't too gory and it didn't take itself too seriously. These are all good things. If you watch the movie, you'll get the impression that it's sort of a throwback to the old Universal monster movies and the Hammer movies. Uh, just to give you a little insight into what the movie's about, I'm just going to read the plot outline from IMDb. For young Charlie Brewster, nothing could be better than an old horror movie late at night. Two men move in next door, and for Charlie, with his horror movie experience, there can be no doubt that their strange behavior is explained by the fact that they are a vampire and his undead day guardian. The only one who can help him hunt them down is a washed-up actor, Peter Vincent, who hosts Charlie's favorite TV show, Fright Night. Vincent doesn't really believe that vampires exist, but does it for the money. Now, Fright Night was directed by Tom Holland, who also directed Child's Play and Stephen King's Thinner. Although I haven't seen Stephen King's Thinner, I've heard it's not a great movie. And I'm not a huge fan of Child's Play, but I think he does justice to Fright Night. Now, an interesting side note about Tom Holland is that he's actually the uncle to Dexter Holland, who's the lead singer from the band The Offspring. So who knew that the singer from The Offspring's uncle directed Fright Night? I guess it's a small world. One of the things that I like about the movie is that it doesn't take itself too seriously. And at one point, Peter Vincent even complains that kids don't like 
older type of horror movies because what they really want to see is slasher flicks with a guy in a ski mask killing virgins. Now in this next clip where Charlie comes to Peter Vincent to ask him for help, you'll actually hear Peter Vincent talk about how much he despises slasher films. No, sir, I was curious about what you said last night on TV, you know, about believing in vampires. What about it? Were you serious? Oh, absolutely. Unfortunately, none of your generation seems to be. What do you mean? I have just been fired because nobody wants to see vampire killers anymore, or vampires either. Apparently, all they want are demented madmen running around in ski masks, hacking up young virgins. Excuse me. I believe in vampires. That's nice. If only there'd been a few more of you, perhaps my ratings would have been higher. In fact, I have one living next door to me. Would you help me kill him? Charlie Brewster is played by William Ragsdale. Now, I thought maybe I'd just talk a little bit about the cast. And William Ragsdale is sort of familiar to TV viewers as Herman from Herman's Head, which aired on Fox TV in the early 90s. His girlfriend Amy in the movie is played by Amanda Bierce, who is also familiar to Fox TV viewers as Marcy Darcy from Married with Children. Now, I, I thought that Amanda Bierce showed some good comedic talents and some good uh, abilities at comedy in this movie, and uh, she sort of showcased where she was going and it's kind of too bad that she didn't come back for the sequel which came out in 1988 but I think at that point Married with Children was already on the air so she probably made a smart move by sticking with that show. Now Peter Vincent is played by Roddy McDowell who is pretty famous in his own right and he's been in a lot of movies. The one movie that always sticks out in my mind for Roddy McDowell is Planet of the Apes. I mentioned earlier that this movie was sort of throwback to the old older horror movies and Peter Vincent's character's name is actually taken from two horror icons names Peter Cushing and Vincent Price to come up with Peter Vincent. Now uh, Roddy McDowell does a great job in this role he, he really is pretty funny and he's kinda creepy in his own way even though he's not scary or anything I just think he's kind of a weirdo and uh, he plays the part really well. The uh, vampire in the movie is played by Chris Sarandon who does a pretty good job at sort of playing a straight role and he is he's he's kind of suave and debonair like he's supposed to be and uh, Chris Sarandon's a pretty good actor he's probably famous for the fact that he was once married to Susan Sarandon so uh, he gave her the last name I suppose lastly the character that really sticks out in this movie and really shines is a young guy named Stephen Jeffries who plays Charlie's friend, Evil Ed Thompson. Now, Stephen Jeffries is, he's a really creepy looking guy. And he looks kind of, he almost looks like he's, there's something wrong with him. And I think, in fact, maybe there was something wrong with him. Because Stephen Jeffries was a really talented young actor, and he was a promising young actor. I think he won some kind of award in 1985 as, like, the most promising new talent or something like that. Interesting note about Stephen Jeffries is that somehow he decided that he didn't want to be in mainstream films anymore but rather he wanted to go on to star in gay porn as an actor named Sam Ritter. So just kind of an, uh, an odd little trivia piece the one guy that's really good in the movie went on to, became, to become a gay porno star.
the movie's not really scary. It's got some good special effects. As I mentioned, it's sort of a horror comedy. You're probably not going to fall off your seat laughing, but there's some sort of humorous little parts in the film that uh, sort of work well. And uh, overall, I just thought it was a good movie. It is a little bit different than some of the other 80s horror movies that were coming out at the time. And if you get a chance, I would really recommend you check out this DVD. It's, it's widely available. The only thing that uh, I don't like about the DVD is that it's pretty bare bones. There's really not a whole lot on it. I think you get the film trailer, and that's about it. The, uh, the sound is in Dolby 2.0, I think. You don't even get Dolby 5.1. But I guess that's sort of to be expected. It's probably not a really popular title. I can't remember which studio released this, but they probably just figured we'll just release this now and we'll be done with it. Now there was, as I mentioned earlier, a sequel which came out in 1988. I don't know if the if there's a DVD available for this anymore. I, I believe at one point it was available on DVD and it was even worse than the first film's DVD apparently. Uh, it was presented in full full frame. Uh, which is never a good thing. I mean, if you can't even put a movie in widescreen on DVD, that's you're really not trying. Fright Night Part 2 brings back some of the characters. It brings back uh, William Ragsdale as Charlie and Roddy McDowell as Peter Vincent. And they both, they're both pretty good in their role in the second one. But uh, Charlie's love interest, I can't remember who that was played by. She's good looking, but other than that, she's not very talented. And the main uh, vampire played by, I believe it's Julie Carmen, is, she's okay, but she's not as good as Chris Sarandon was in the first one. So, given the choice, if you can choose between the two, certainly go with the original. It's much better, and I don't think you'll be disappointed uh, unless you really don't like mo horror movies that aren't scary. Because, as I mentioned, this is not scary. It's sort of just fun and lighthearted. And uh, a good companion piece to Fright Night might be The Lost Boys. So that's my review of Fright Night. It's uh, a good film. Check it out. And check out my website at tvandalism.blogspot.com. Email me at tvandalism at gmail.com. That's it for me. Have a good weekend, everyone. I'm out of here. Stay tuned to the Infested Sound. You set them up and I'll knock them back, Lloyd, one by one. How about drunken losers talking about horror movies? No, man, I'm telling you, the Blair Witch Project is freaking awesome. Well, my friend, we've got the podcast for you. The Infested Sound, the world's best horror movie podcast. Check us out on the web at www.theinfestedsound.com or cut us an email at theinfestedsound at gmail.com.